0: Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Amen. I'm really excited to be here this morning uh, to bring God's word. Uh, my name is Pastor Charles Mugisha. I'm the president and the founder of African New Life Ministries in Rwanda, Kigali. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We have the privilege of being in partnership between your church and my church in spreading the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and loving the people of Rwanda. And of recent, we had Pastor Brandon visit us and your worship pastor. We had a great, great time. So next Sunday, I'll be back here with Pastor Brandon and we will be giving you an update of the project and the church you guys funded, and it's now open, and it's a beautiful place. Thank you so much uh, for your generosity. Uh, Meanwhile, today, I have a message I want to bring to you, and before I do, I will start with prayer. Father in heaven, I come before you. I do ask you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to use me to speak to your children and to speak to this church, to edify your people, to strengthen them and to bless them on this journey as we continue to focus on Jesus. Lord, anoint me. Give me the power to speak to your children. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to talk about How to renew our focus on Jesus. How to refocus our lives on Jesus Christ. How to maintain our focus on Jesus Christ. There are so many things that can actually distract us from Jesus. I want to remind you that Jesus is the main thing in our lives. Jesus is the main person in your life if you wanted to tell anybody the main person in your life is actually jesus i know we have many other people into our lives and we cherish them and love them but let me remind you jesus is number one in our lives and we want to strive to focus on Him and put our focus on Him. Unfortunately, there are so many things on this journey which distract our passion from Jesus and we start focusing on other things. Sometimes they are great things, sometimes it's times of prosperity, it's times of blessing, it's times of new opportunities, new jobs, new school, new. Location, things that really can kind of get end up exciting us more than Jesus does. And it's human for us to do that. For some people, our focus on Jesus can be distracted by grief. Someone is going through some form of grief or pain uh, or a divorce or some loss. And they have a question like why me? Why is it happening around this time? I want to remind you, whatever is happening, good or bad, nothing should ever distract us from following Jesus and pursuing the most important relationship In this life, that's why my friend Paul in the scriptures wrote to the Romans in chapter 80, verse 38 to 39. And Paul is speaking from a position of tribulation, a position of being in prison, a position of going through hardship. And listen to what Paul says Paul says, I am convinced. I have this conviction. You know, we live in a time when many people's convictions are no longer strong. They don't know what they stand for. I want to remind you, we stand for Jesus, whatever happens. And Paul said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons. Man, he pulls off these are really major things. The whole idea of death and life, angels and demons, neither present or what is in the future. No any powers. Any powers, any whether government power or political power or spiritual power, you mention whatever you want to mention, neither any height nor depth. No, anything else in all creation, in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, we are grounded, we are strong, we understand our calling, and we understand our position in Jesus. We are unshakable the earth can shake, the world can shake, COVID can come, financial crises can come, We can encounter losses, but we know the one we have believed. Our Savior, who loved us so much before we loved him, he came and died on the cross for our sins. He did not remain on the cross. He was buried and he rose from the dead. He conquered every power. He conquered every form of death. He conquered every grief. He conquered every conflict conflict he is unchangeable and our focus on him is maintained and we keep on renewing that focus we keep on in on falling in love with him again and again you know we are committed we have a great Commitment. Great commitments begin with convictions. And you hear Paul say, I am, I am convinced. I have a conviction. Do you have strong convictions towards Jesus? Do you have strong feelings towards Jesus? And listen, he says, and and I want to say that great commitments begin with great convictions. And your convictions must be confirmed by your choices. You demonstrate your convictions by the choices you make. And in this life, I've made a number of choices. You know, this life is about choices. You actually made a choice to follow Jesus. You made a choice to follow Jesus. I think that's the greatest choice you've ever made in your life. It's not a choice to go to school. It's not a choice. I mean, getting married, I think, is the second hardest choice you make. And you made. And, and that's a good one too. It's not a choice to start a business. It's not a choice to to build a house. It's not a choice to buy property. I think the best choice you've ever made in your life is the choice to follow Jesus. Now, since you've made that choice, I want to encourage you to maintain that choice, to stay passionate about Jesus, to be on fire for Jesus Christ. Come on. We live in days where we have some Christians who are not excited about church and Jesus Christ and their relationship. With him. In fact, the world is more excited about the evil they are doing more than we are excited about the relationship and the good happening into the kingdom of God. So I've made some choices. I made a choice not to be distracted from pursuing God's kingdom. That's the choice I've made. I made a choice to come to Christ and follow him and love him. Obviously, Christ chose me before I chose him. But I also made a choice to serve in his kingdom. I made a choice to make his kingdom number one in my life. Because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the rest of these other things shall be added upon your life. So the kingdom of God is number one. If I'm going to make any choice, if I'm going to do anything, if I'm going to go anywhere, I look at my next goal in life in line with the kingdom of God. Is what I am doing aligning with God and his kingdom. My purposes for following Jesus are very clear. Very clear. Distinct. They are not fuzzy and they are not any interesting. Jesus is interesting for me. Jesus is interesting for all kingdom people. We are excited about him. Number two, I made a choice to love Jesus. To love Jesus. Every now and then, I check my heart. Am I still in love with Jesus? What is trying to take away my love for him? I became a Christian at age 17. Now I'm 54. And in all these years, I have followed Jesus. And I have no regret for following Jesus. I have no single regret in my life for making a choice to follow him. And I do my best to, to check my love for him, to check my spiritual temperature for him to check my Passioning for him, uh, to, to reject sin because sin attacks us as God's children, to reject disappointments in life because they also come. As a matter of fact, I change my disappointments into divine appointments because God has used the crisis moments in my life to refocus on Jesus, to refocus on on him. Every now and then Jesus calls us to examine ourselves. God is calling us to regain our spiritual focus and develop a deeper relationship to walk with him. I call that revival. I strongly believe that revival begins in the house. Revival begins in the church. Revival begins in those who know him. Revival begins among us. And when revival begins among us, then it spreads into the community. They get to see our love for Jesus and they want to be like us. All Christians face, face the challenge of maintaining a Christian focus. Maintaining a spiritual focus maintaining a Jesus focus. It seems to be some work. Obviously, salvation is a free gift by grace given to us. But the the love is something you have to work and pursue and, and be committed. It's like a marriage. Let me tell you, if you don't work on your marriage, you lose it. You have to work on it to make sure that you still love her and If you don't have the feeling, you find ways to stir up that feeling and spice up that relationship so that the relationship may stay alive and interesting. You know, to move forward, it starts with self-examination and taking a spiritual inventory of your life to check your life. I call this... Vitals to maintaining uh, uh, spiritual growth, or vitals to maintaining a focus on Jesus. We all, let me say not all, but many of us go to the doctor once a year to do a physical checkup. And uh, you want to know how healthy you are. But have you also realized that the older you get, the more times you need to go? The older you get, the more times you need to go. Let me remind you, the older you've been in the Lord, the more times it seems you need to go. Because you kind of get used of coming to church and you get used of praying and you get used of reading your Bible, and somehow in between, you lose the passion and the fire. In fact, a few years ago, about eight years ago, I felt like a, I'm a pastor, but I'm not a Christian. Have you been in that kind of feeling whereby you are actually doing your job to preach and shepherd God's people, but you are not feeling like you are Christian. You are doing what you are doing out of duty. So I decided to go back to the Lord. I decided that I want to get in touch with my youthful Christian life when I was a younger man in a youth club and passionate about Jesus on everything. I was telling Jesus everywhere on the streets. My mom would send me to go do some things and I would end up in a gospel conversation and even forget my own work. I wanted to be in touch again in those hours of of prayer, those hours of of fasting, those hours of being in the word, I wanted to get back in that position. When I get to church, I'm free to raise up my hands. I am free to worship the Lord. I am free to be a little bit loud. And I'm free to express my passion for Jesus. And I decided, number one, to evaluate my closeness. Evaluate my closeness. What you are close to will change your life. Whatever you come near to will change your life. Closeness is so important. That's why the Bible calls us every now and then, draw closer to God. Draw closer to God. Draw closer to God. In fact, James chapter 4 says, verse 8 to 10, come near to God and he will come near to you. Make it an effort. Come near to God. Don't turn your back towards God. Don't ignore God, Don't be consumed by the blessings he has given you and you're ignoring him. Don't be consumed by the job he has given you and you're ignoring him. Don't be consumed by the opportunities he has set before you and you are... Ignoring him, remember he is the Lord who gives us the power to make wealthy, to be successful. But also don't be distracted by the challenges you are undergoing. Don't be distracted by the crisis moments you are going through. Come near God. How do you come near to God? The Bible says wash your hands, you sinners. What separates us from God is sin, is how we live our lives. And that's a very important area of our life we need to monitor. He talks about purify your hearts. You double-minded. I walk through that nearly all the time. Re-examine my heart. Purify my heart. Look at it. it. Things that are beginning to take my affections away from Jesus because we want Jesus to be central in our lives. He says, Grieve, mourn, wail about it. Come on, don't just enjoy what's right, what's wrong. Wail about it, wail about your circumstances, grieve about it, mourn about it. Come to the Lord, seek repentance, seek change in your life. Ask God to give you his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to give you power, to live a victorious life, to live for the Lord, to serve the Lord, to break through your circumstances and possibly your spiritual battles. And 10, says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and it's going to lift you up. Come near, humble yourself, and you're going to see God work in your life in a new way. You know, this life is full of spiritual battles, this life is full of things that actually distract us that actually distract us from the Lord. We live in this world and we need to be very careful. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 or there were 5 and he says for though we live in the world we don't wage war as the world does. We have a different battle. We are fighting on a different wavelength. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. Or the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. But this is what I wanted to get on, number five. Number five says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to, to make it obedient to Jesus. I don't know you, but every now and then, I have to demolish arguments in my own head. In my own mind. It's like uh, the devil attacks us from here. And uh, this attack to the mind, draining my passion for him and my love for him. And every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of of God. And there are things that are against the Word of God. They are against the truth of God. They are against the way I should live. And the Bible teaches me that, man, I take captive of every thought to make it obedient to Jesus. Now, you realize that being a Christian, yes, it's, I want to say it's, it's, there's some involvement here. You have to be more aware of yourself. You have to be more aware of your everyday. You have to be more aware of your circumstances. You just can't live a lousy life like a teenager, okay? You need to be serious and examine your life and stay focused on Jesus. Uh, That's what we call spiritual Maturity, we actually have many teenage spiritual Christians. They they are in between there. They are lousy. They are not focused Christ calls us to focus, to renew, to maintain our passion, our love, our service on him. And to make him number one in our lives. Whenever I begin to drift from God's way, Find ourselves spinning in the turbulent currency of this world's way. We must realize that we need to steer ourselves back uh, to God, back uh, to God. If you wanna call change a title for my sermon today, you may call it back to God, back uh, to God. Families need to come back uh, to God. Churches need to come back. Uh, to God. Nations need to come back uh, to God. I need a comeback uh, to God. We are longing for a comeback. Uh, to God. Outside here is a lot of turmoil. There's so much information and ways of life that are contrary to the knowledge of God. And God says, come back to me. Come and be near to me. How do we come back to him? I said we come back in repentance, but we also come back in prayer. We come back and pray. We come back uh, in fasting. You know, some of us, we've forgotten the old-fashioned spiritual discipline of fasting. And that old-fashioned spiritual discipline of fasting is very powerful in helping us refocus our lives. The whole idea of abstaining from food, at least for 12 hours... Man, it's a powerful deal If you can abstain from food for 60 hours You are growing some kind of discipline you didn't have before Just 60 hours And the whole idea of focusing on Jesus takes discipline Number two I evaluate, evaluate how I live my life Evaluate how you live your life Otherwise, I take a spiritual inventory of my life. I step back from a routine. I zoom out to have an overall picture of how well I am following Jesus and fulfilling the call of God on my life. It's very easy to be engaged in an activity, especially for us in professional ministry, as a duty. I don't want to do what I do out of a duty. I want to do it because I love Jesus. The first reason I came into ministry is because Because I loved him and I want to maintain that love for Jesus. So 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, examine yourselves. Don't wait for another person to examine you examine yourself i call it self-judgment okay judge yourself i don't want to judge you don't judge me let's not get the judgment deal let us do self-examination to see whether you are in the faith <laughs> that is really challenging to see whether you are in the faith are you in or are you out Or in between, or are you on your way getting out? You know, you wanna examine. That is critical. If there is any examination you need to do right now in this service, in this moment, is to re-examine yourself whether you are in the faith. And friend, if you've never entered in the faith, Jesus has provided a way. He said, "I am the way, I am the truth, I am." The life, and no one comes to the Father only through Jesus Christ. Jesus has created a way which no one can close for you. And all He wants you to do is to decide it today, to enter into that way. That way will change your life for eternity, will change your life for forever. If you are in the way, stay in the way. If you are in Jesus, stay in Jesus. Seat. Don't be disappointed. Instructed, don't get out, don't run away, don't don't be confused. Focus on him. Test to see if you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus is in you? Do you not realize that Jesus is in you? You have Jesus inside you. You have the most important relationship in you. You have the most important person. You have God Himself in you. Unless, of course, you fail the testing. And I trust that you discover that you have not failed the test. Analyze your life. Analyze major categories of your life. Let's make it more practical. Analyze your relationship with God. Where do you stand with God? Are you still in the same position with God you were 10 years ago? 20 years ago, five years ago? Are you still in love with Jesus? Have you maintained your focus on Jesus? Number two, analyze your relationship with your family because your relationship with God is going to be projected in your relationship with the family. There's no way you can love God and not love your family. Analyze your relationship with your worker. Is your worker actually helping you to bear fruits in the Lord? Is your worker helping you to grow in your faith? Now worker for some people is secular. I don't believe it that way. I really believe that every Thing you do, you should do it to the Lord who has given you the skill and the blessing. And your work must be another means to help you grow in your faith and bear more fruits. Analyze your future goals. What are you dreaming of? How well are you doing? Where can you do better? Ask yourself your ma- the, the, your major category of life. Uh, ask yourself whether your major categories, or c- category of life, are lining. Aligning with God's instruction in every area. Ask penetrating questions. You realize that today I'm, talk, I'm asking myself and I'm asking you a number of questions. In fact, the message I am preaching to you, I've been preaching it to myself now for two days. Reexamining my love and my focus on, on Jesus. Am I fulfilling my calling? Am I serving my family as God commands? Do I honor God in my work? Do I produce fruit? Am I putting God first? Am I actually following the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with your heart and with your soul and with your mind. Am I loving God in these three dimensions of my life? Am I loving God with my heart in worship? When we start worshiping, do I feel warmth towards the one I'm worshiping? Or am I distracted by other things? Am I loving the Lord with my intellect, with my emotions, with my will? Do I have stronger convictions about following Jesus Christ? Oh, a single television program distracts you from following Jesus? Am I loving God with my mind? Am I studying the scriptures? Number three, the last one. Another area I evaluate myself, especially myself. I love to dream. And I love to see big things happening in the kingdom of God. But I have to make sure they are not about me. They are about God. So number three, evaluate your goals in life. Evaluate your goals in life. I'm trying to refocus my life on Jesus by evaluating myself. I have a big question for you. Really, really big question for you. This may seem like a basic question, but it's a a very important question. And here is the question. Do my goals harmonize with God's plan for my life? That's a big question. You want to take that home and think about it for the rest of your week. Do my goals, do my visions, do my dreams harmonize with God's plan for my life? You know, Americans are very good at goal setting. You know, they are really good at strategic planning. When I came to school in America, I had carried my dream for starting African New Life for many, many years. But I've, I'd never sat down to write it, to analyze it, and to scientifically put it in a business plan. And two of my professors for six months at Mount Noma University helped me to develop a plan, a beautiful plan. And I remember writing this plan on my knees. And I was praying to God. And I was saying, God, it's not about my ambitions. It's not about my greatness. It's not about what I want to do. God, I want your will. Done in this business plan. And friends, God has done His will in big ways. 11,000 sponsored children, 80 different communities of African New Life and church plants, a theological university, a hospital in the nation of Rwanda. God has done amazing things. But I want to say again, it's not a about to what I wanna do is how do I harmonize God's plan with my life? It is the will of God. So goal setting is how I turn my dreams into action steps. But my number one priority in any goal that I set is making sure that God is at the center. That God is central. God is central in my business. God is central in my church. God is central in my family. God is central in my community. God is central in my future. Come on. God is central even in my retirement. God is central into eternity. What am I trying to say? There should be no moment in the journey of your life where Jesus is not the focusing of where God is not the focus, because if you have a moment and a day and a goal and a business and an opportunity where God is not central in your life, that is a terrible fall and disaster because that 's not how God has created us to be and to balance life. Therefore, I ask myself. Is it Christ honoring? Is it growing me in the fruit of the Spirit? Is it drawing me nearer to Jesus? Is it showing people the love of the Lord in my life? I never want to be so goal-oriented that I lose my focus on Jesus. I never want to be so successful that I lose my focus on Jesus. Proverbs says sixteen nine Proverbs sixteen nine says, In their hearts, humans plan their course. Did you know that? In their hearts, we plan our course. But the Lord establishes their steps. Everything is about the Lord. First Corinthians ten thirty one. It's a beautiful one. It says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Nothing, including driving in Austin. (laughs) Do it to the glory of God. That is a real test. That one is, is a hard one. Lord, help us. Even when we drive in Texas, we drive to the glory of God. What goals motivate you? Which ones do you work on each day? Your goals should keep you on the path to eternal life. Our goals should keep us on the path to the eternal life. And here, are a few goals you can pursue in line with eternity. Number one, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make it a goal in everything to seek first the kingdom of God. Number two, show, study to show yourself approved. Stay in the word. Love the Lord with your mind. Belong to a seller group to a Bible study. Make it a point. Number three, grow in grace, godly character, and knowledge. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever. Amen. And number four. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Come on, be serious about this journey. This is the main goal of our life. This is the main goal, the long range goal. Our long range goal is the goal of being born into the ruling family of God at the triumphant return of Jesus Christ. We wanna be in that ruling family of God. And because God's kingdom is our primary focus, physical blessings in this life, they are just an added. Blessing with us. My prayer is that, friends, you will focus on Jesus. And you will, in the power of the Spirit, fight against things that distract you. My prayer for you is that you will not just relax and take it easy. But you become a little bit of an aggressive Christian. And I'm not saying being aggressive to people, but be aggressive against the devil, against the, the, the currents of culture that are distracting us. Come on, take it, conquer some space. Okay, take over some space in your heart, in your community be be involved, be on fire for Jesus Christ. Don't be passive, come on, demonstrate your passion for him. Let the world know that you love him and if you, if they want to call you the most loudy Christian on the block, that is okay. That is okay. You are at least giving them an opportunity to hear the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's be charged up. Let us be on fire. Let us be in prayer. Let us be in fasting. Let us be in seeking the Lord. Let us be in worship. Let us make a difference in our generation. The Bible says David served his generation and fell asleep. Come on, before I go to sleep. I want the world to know that I existed around here. You want the world to know that you were truly a follower and a lover of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we come before you. I want to thank you for your children this morning. Holy Spirit, I know you are in this place. Friends, the Spirit of God is in this place. The Spirit of God is in this place. God is in this place. And God doesn't want you to go back the way you came. God wants you to go back different and change. I want to encourage you to open your life up to the Holy Spirit of God. And allow him to refocus your love on Jesus' On the Son of God. God Himself loves the Son and the Son loves us. Everything we do must focus on adoring the Son. Jesus is in this place. If you don't know, Jesus is right there next to you. He's with us in this place. And receive Him. Embrace him. Love him. Give him an opportunity to change your life for eternity for better. Give him an opportunity to break your addictions. Give him an opportunity to take away those things that have kept you in a cold place. And you're not too warm anymore for him. Arise. Out of the circum- your circumstances and your situations because God is here. His spirit is here. His power to deliver you is in this place. And God is touching you as I pray. But God is asking you to make some serious choices this morning. Serious choices that will turn your life around for eternity. God, I pray that your spirit who brings, who convinces us and brings conviction and shows us your way and leads us in the way of righteousness will fall upon your children this morning and change and transform our lives for better and refocus our lives to love your son. Lord, we thank you We love you, and I'm very grateful to you because you are doing something new in this church, in this place. And God, we thank you for the new wine. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you.